hook up. What does that look like over there? like scary movies raise your hand if you like okay now who doesn't like scary movies so it's about 50 50 maybe maybe 55 45 and the other thing that intrigued me as he was going through the list is how many of those scary movies had to do with the paranormal the supernatural demons ghosts spirits and all of that kind of stuff. And, and it's sort of interesting to me how, how so many people, how we, we find that stuff fascinating. Even if, even if we don't like to watch scary movies, people sort of find that stuff fascinating. I get asked questions about that kind of stuff all of the time. And even people who do not consider themselves to be um, maybe particularly religious they find that stuff intriguing as well. There are certain aspects of spirituality that transcend faith and religion. You know, way before I ever got involved with God or God was a part of my life, I was fascinated with ghosts and the paranormal and ancient civilizations and maybe there have been aliens and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and these things, they, they sort of pique people's interest. And those are the things that inspire movies, inspire books. So for the next two weeks, I'm doing something a little bit different. We're going to look at the supernatural, at the paranormal. Which is evident all around us. <laughs> so this week, because of the setting...
That will work. How's that? A little bit better? It's a better sound, isn't it? So this week, I promise you, this week, I'm not going to speak long. I figured about six foot two. No longer. But this week, we're going to start on the lighter side of the paranormal. We're going to talk about angels. And then next week, we're going to switch over to the darker side, a different setting. And we're going to talk about um, demons, ghosts, and mediums, and spiritualists, and all those things that, that people are interested in. The Nephilim. Who's heard of the Nephilim? You find those in Genesis. And uh, I get asked so many questions about the, the Nephilim and Genesis chapter 6. Don't go there right now. So this side, today we're going to take a look at the lighter side of this. Next week we're going to take a look at the darker side of this. Now let me tell you why we're doing this. Not just because, you know, Pastor Mike did a quiz on horror movies at the ER. As I read my Bible, and we've been in this series on the relational Jesus... And especially during Jesus' life, there, there was a lot of talk about demon possession, about evil spirits, about angels. And, and you know, what are we to make of that? Were those people that were possessed by a demon back in those days, were they simply sick? Did they have a mental illness and they didn't have any other way of, of diagnosing it? So they said, oh, it's a demon. If, we, if those people were alive today, would we look at them and say, oh, no, that person's got this, or this person's having a seizure? What are, what are we to make of those things? Are they literal? And what about ghosts? Where do they fit in the picture? And what about mediums and fortune tellers? I get surprised sometimes when, when Christians come to me and, and tell me, oh, yeah, I went to this person to, you know, to, to get my future told. Think, okay. Maybe not the right source. But we need to have at least a rudimentary understanding of that side of things. There is a spirit world. And that spirit world is real. Now, let me give you a heads up. I'm going to come at it from a very high level this morning. All right? You may have questions when I'm done this morning. I am open for lunch. I'm open for breakfast. I'm away this week. I'm going to be in Phoenix. I'll be back before next Sunday. But if you have questions, we can get together in a week or so's time. So it might raise some questions for some of you. So this morning, angels. So let's begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your holy presence here. Father, I pray that you would just let your word go out with power this morning. Open up our hearts and our minds to those things that you would say to us. Open up our spirits to your spirit. And, Father, let us see things. Let us have understanding as we've never had understanding before. And may your name be glorified. Amen. So I did a little search on angels. And as you can imagine, angels are found throughout the Bible. Uh, more than half of the books of the Bible mention angels on numerous occasions. So a little quiz for you here. What book of the Bible do you think mentions angels more than any other? Shout out your answers. Who? Genesis is up there, but it's not number one. Revelation. Revelation has three times as many mentions of angels as any other book in the Bible. And then surprisingly, number two is Luke. So, which is what I'm reading right now. Angels are mentioned throughout the life of Christ. It was an angel that went to Zechariah 
John the Baptist's father told him that his wife, who was barren, was going to have a child, and you were to name him John. It was an angel that appeared to Mary to tell her, you are going to be the mother of God. That's kind of freaky, isn't it? You're, you're going to bear God's son, who is God. I bet it freaked her out, but it was an angel that told her this news. It was an angel that went to Joseph and told Joseph what was going to happen to Mary, that you should marry this girl. She's still a virgin. This is of the Holy Spirit. Angels directed Joseph to take Jesus to Egypt to keep him safe. Angels directed Joseph when to bring him back from Egypt to, to the Holy Land. And right at the onset of Jesus' ministry, he goes out into the wilderness, he gets baptized, he goes out in the wilderness, he's tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights, and at the end of that temptation, it says that angels came and ministered to him. All throughout his, his ministry, Jesus talked about angels. He said that, that at the end of this present age, when he returns, he would return with all, all of the angels. I don't know how many angels there are. That's going to be a sight when Jesus returns with all of his angels. That could be billions. I mean, wow. Jesus said that whoever acknowledges him publicly here on earth, he would acknowledge in the presence of God's angels. You know, a lot of people, I hear a lot of people quote that. You know, if you acknowledge Jesus here on earth, he'll acknowledge you before God. It doesn't say that. It says he will acknowledge you before the angels of God. When Jesus, at the other end of the ministry, when Jesus was praying in angst prior to his arrest, the scripture says that an angel came to him and strengthened him. And he prayed more fervently when the angel came. Can you imagine that? That sometimes when you're praying and you're calling on God, there's an angel right there encouraging you, strengthening you cheering you on it was an angel that rolled away the stone it was an angel that 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 told the ladies that jesus was no longer here he was resurrected it's a neat passage of scripture because the stone is rolled away but the tomb's already empty how did he get out don't know and angels will accompany him on his return angels are a big deal but much much misunderstood. When I say the word angel, what comes to mind? What was that? Wings. Yeah, wings. That's why I pointed up there. You all didn't see it, but I'm getting ready to preach. I thought, that looks like a great big angel. So last night I was out in my backyard and I looked over towards the church and as the sun was setting, there was a cloud formation right over here that looked like a great big angel. And typically when people think of angels, they think of, you know, this, this person all in white with wings, sometimes with a bow and arrow or a sword or something. Um, and that really comes from a lot of the medieval arts that depict angels that way, or as a cherubim, you know, with the rosy cheeks. Um, I'm not sure that scripture depicts angels that way. And then in, you know, modern day on TV and the movies, Angels are always portrayed by good-looking people. Have you ever noticed that? Uh, what was that show, Touched by an Angel, Roma Downey? I mean, yeah. Michael, anybody ever seen the movie Michael with John Travolta? 
way back. Michael Landon in Highway to Heaven, I think it was called. Angels are always good-looking people, and even these days, now it's kind of taken a dark turn. You know, there are a lot of dark angels in the in the shows. They're all still good-looking angels, though. The Internet is filled with posts of people who believe they've seen an angel. I watched a whole bunch of them yesterday just in preparation for this. Weird lights in the sky, cloud formations. People see them in rocks or somebody had a piece of toast that had the picture of, of an angel on it, you know, like it came from God. So what do angels look like? There's no standard answer to that. Some of the scriptures describe angels as glowing white creatures, blinding. Some of them as terrifying apparitions. If You know, the shepherds, when the angels came down to, to declare the birth of Christ, they were scared. They fell on their faces. When the angel rolled back the stone, it said the guards were like dead men. They fainted. It was, it was a scary thing. Some angels are warriors with flaming swords. Elisha, I don't know if you know the story from Elisha in 2 Kings. Elisha was being hunted down by the king of Aram, I believe it was. So the the Israelites are at war with, with the Arameans. And every time the Arameans make a plan, the Israelites already know about the plan. And they beat them every time. They set up ambushes, and the king is getting perturbed by this. How, how come these Jewish people always know where we're going to be? And one of his counselors said to him, it's that Elijah guy. He knows when you get up in the morning. He knows everything that's going on. So the king sends a whole army to go get Elijah, or Elisha. It was Elisha. And he's camping outside the city, and his servant's camping outside the city. And it says he got up in the, or the servant got up in the morning, and there's this whole army surrounding them. He goes into Elisha, wakes up Elisha. There's a big army around us, Elisha. We're in trouble. And Elisha says, what are you talking about? He says, our army's bigger than their army. And the servant thinks, "Uh uh-oh, Elisha's gone over the edge here. Something's wrong with Elisha. And then Elisha prays that the Lord would open the servant's eyes. And when he opens his eyes, the hills are surrounded. They're surrounded with angels in fiery chariots. I don't know how Elisha knew they were there. But all around them were these fiery chariots. and, And they took the army captive. And it's a pretty interesting story. Sometimes angels are invisible. There's another story in Numbers 22 where Balaam is sitting on a donkey. This is the craziest story in the Bible. And he's going to seek a medium, which we're going to talk about next week. And on the way there, the donkey stops. He doesn't want to go any further. (laughs) It's such a crazy story. The donkey starts talking to him, and Balaam answers the donkey. Now, if I'm on a donkey and the donkey starts talking to me, I'm gone. (laughs) I am not entering into a conversation with the donkey. But he starts talking to the donkey, and the donkey won't do what he's saying. He starts beating the donkey, and eventually an angel appears and says, What do you think you're doing, Balaam? Quit beating the donkey. The donkey was scared because the donkey could see me, but you couldn't see me. And it's a good job that I stopped you because you're not supposed to go to that medium. 
So sometimes they're invisible. And sometimes they're just like regular people. Hebrews 13.2 says, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Now just think about that for a second. There might be angels sitting here right now. Are you an angel? <laughs> there may, you may be. <laughs> you may be. Some of the people you know might be angels. You have no clue. They look like regular people. You may have had somebody in your house for dinner who was an angel. That's kind of freaky, isn't it? You just don't know. That means that angels are among us, all around us. Some are visible, some are invisible. Now, angels are spiritual beings that live in the spiritual realm, but they can manifest themselves as physical beings in the material world. So let me explain. Try and explain anyway, and I'll get into this a bit deeper next week. We live in this three-dimensional world, right? But the spiritual world is a whole different dimension. And, and science now, even scientists are saying they don't believe that these three dimensions are it. There could be way more dimensions that we just are not aware of. We, we can't see it. We don't know about it. But just imagine if you lived in flatland world. Two-dimensional flatland world. You can go anywhere on the piece of paper, but you can't come out from the paper because that's not part of your dimension, which is a little bit like we are. And then you've got people like us who live in the three-dimensional world. Now, I could poke my finger in there. I could, I could take this guy's ball away. The ball's coming at him. It's a great pitch, and all of a sudden, the ball's gone. He's like, where did that go? What, what happened to the ball? because they would have no concept of the dimension out here. But where I interact with it, they would have connection. Now, the spiritual world interacts with our material world in this way. Mediums try to reach out. Spiritualists try to reach out. We're not supposed to reach out in that way apart from prayer. But angels and other spirits, including demonic spirits, which we'll talk about next week, they can interact in our 3D world in the same way I can interact in this 2D world. Does that make sense? No, apparently not. Okay. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit deeper next week. Scriptures tell us that angels are created beings. They're older than us. They were created before we were created. They were created before the earth was created. But they are created beings. We don't know when. And one of the common misconceptions that I often hear is the idea that, that when people die, they become angels. You ever heard that? Sometimes, you know, I've done funerals and the little bulletin thing talks about how you've gone now and now you're an angel and you're up there looking down on us. And, and I've talked to people that kind of have that idea. I don't want to pop your bubble. It's simply not true. Angels are angels and people are people. They're 2D 
different kinds of creatures. People do not become angels. Angels can look like people, but they're still angels. They're not people. So what do angels do? Absolutely anything God wants them to do. They are God's servants. They are God's messengers. They are mighty, powerful, awesome servants. And they serve in different capacities. They have different skills. And, and there's a hierarchy in the angelic realm. Different types of angels. There are archangels. There are cherubims. There are seraphims. There are fallen angels, which are what the demons are that we're going to talk about next week. And they have ranks, just like in the military. We know of one angel whose name is Michael. He is an archangel. Archangel means chief angel. And there's a fascinating account of him found in the book of Daniel. I'm just going to read it for you real quick. Daniel has been praying. And it says, just then, this is Daniel talking, just then a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling to my hands and my knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. I stood up, still trembling. Then he said, Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Now, this is a little bit freaky. What the scripture is saying here, and there's other scriptures that kind of confirm this, is that there are, there are demonic fallen angels who are assigned to countries and maybe towns and maybe states. And this angel was coming to help Daniel. They heard his prayer, but for 21 days, the prince of Persia, a dark angel, prevented him from coming. He was fighting with this angel for 21 days. Now, this is kind of freaky, right? I hope I'm not scaring you all here. But it's important to talk about this stuff. As much as there are angels who love us and are with us, there are demons, there are fallen angels whose goal is to destroy us, to tear down what God is doing. The city of the colony probably has an angel that's in charge of this area and a whole bunch of demons that are under him to mess with us and to mess with other people. But God has an angel for the city of the colony also. It's, it's very, very strange. Let me carry on. It says, But for 21 days the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. So this Michael came, and he's fighting with this other one to free this angel up to go to Daniel. Isn't that freaky? Hope I'm not scaring you. There is war... In both realms, there is war in the heavenly realms and there is war in the material realms. There is war in heaven going on right now. More about that next week. This is why getting our heads up, you know, it's important that we understand these things. Cherubim, they are worshipping angels. Uh, when Adam and Eve were kicked out of the Garden of Eden, there was still a tree of life. And God said to the angels, we better make sure that those, those humans that are messing up don't come back and eat of the tree of life 
and get eternal life without forgiveness of sin. So he set two cherubims there with swords to guard the tree. Satan was a cherubim. In Ezekiel 28, it says that Satan was a cherubim at one time. Seraphim, another kind, they're scary angels. Described in Isaiah, it says, Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And they were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundation, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Now, did you notice what it said there? The Lord of heaven's armies, plural. There are all these armies in the heavenly realms. Who knows how many angels there are? There are angels of death. Every so often, when need be, God would send the angel of death to carry out his will. But the question I guess I hear most, the number one question on angels, do we have guardian angels? Who believes we have guardian angels? Okay. Some, some probably do, but they don't want to raise their hand just in case they're wrong. <laughs> Scripture doesn't talk about it directly, but let me tell you something. We have guardian angels. Matthew 18, 10. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Be Beware that you don't look down on any of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels are always in the presence of my heavenly Father. You have an angel that goes up to chat with God. Now, I don't know how that makes you feel. It's kind of disconcerting. Daniel in the lion's den. Don't you, if you remember the story of Daniel, he goes in the lion's den. And the king is worried about Daniel. He's, I don't want to get into the long story. But in the morning, the king runs to the, to the lion's den and he shouts out to Daniel, Daniel, did your God help you? And Daniel shouts out, yeah, an angel came and shut the mouths of the lions. They couldn't eat me. Elisha's fiery chariots all around him. Paul, an angel releases Paul from prison. There's a group of Christians praying for him. It's an interesting story. And uh, Paul gets out of prison. Angel releases him, gets out, goes to the house where everybody's praying, knocks on the door. Servant girl comes and answers the door. Sorry, Paul, Peter. Peter says, it's me. And was it Paul or Peter? It's Paul. (laughs) It's Paul. She goes back in. She doesn't let him in. <laughs> she goes back in and tells everybody they're praying. Paul, Paul's at the door, and they're like, shush, 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 we're praying for Paul. Hey, excuse, excuse me, Paul's at, shush, 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 we're praying for Paul. Stop disturbing us. Listen, Paul's at the door. They all go to the door. No, they said, no, it can't be Paul. It must be his angel. They believed that Paul had an angel, but it was... It was Paul himself. Hebrews 1.14 says, Angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. 
Angels are involved in the life of every Christian, sent from God to care for those who will inherit salvation. You know, I wonder how many times we've been stopped from doing something stupid by an angel and didn't know it, or protected from a dangerous situation by an angel, or protected just from harm by an angel. I can think of so many times in my life, (laughs) I'll give you one. (laughs) I remember one time way before I was a Christian, way before I even knew Sandra, the very first Holiday Inn in England was built in Plymouth, where I come from. It was like eight stories high. It was one of the tallest hotels in town. And my friend had found the way to the stairway that led to the roof. And we were out doing what young men do and were not in the best frame of mind, if you catch my drift, and got up on the roof of that building. And while we were up there, discovered that one of our friends was all freaked out by being up there. Now, I don't like heights, but because he was freaked out, you just can't help yourself as a young man. So the other two of us were running and jumping up on the parapet wall that surrounds the roof and jumping off again. And just running up, jumping on it, and he was all freaking out. You're going to fall. You're going to die. I'm sure there was an angel on the other side of that wall. Every time this idiot jumped up on that stupid little parapet wall, pushing me back over, back in again. Because God had a plan for my life that I didn't know about at the time and left to my own devices, I probably wouldn't be here. (laughs) But I wonder how many times an angel protects us and we don't even know. Psalm 34, 7 says, For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Doesn't it seem strange that we are surrounded by angels? There might be angels right on this stage right now. All around this place. Watching this service. Listening to us. How would it change your behavior your attitude, your actions. If you could see all of the angels around you and knew they were angels. I've been thinking about that this week. It's like, wow. But here's the deal. They're not there to tattletale on you. I'm sure they go up to God and, and, you know, every so often God gets the report, Bishop, you got to do something about that guy. I mean, if we don't sort him out soon, it's not going to go well. And they send a few more angels down to straighten me up. But there are angels around you watching you, caring for you, not to tattletale on you, but to protect you, to encourage you. It's just like Jesus when he was broken there before going to his trial and the angel came and strengthened him. And it says after the angel strengthened him, he prayed with more vigor. He was energized by this angel. God is doing his part for us. We need to do ours. 
All right, I'm going to stop it there. I said I was going to go short, but this is just right on time, isn't it? <laughs> Next week, we're going to go to the other side of this story. So I'm going to put this out there right now. If you've got friends who might be interested, because people are often intrigued, for some reason, more intrigued with the dark side than the light side, we're going to talk about that next Sunday. All right? So be reading. You might want to read about the Nephilim in Genesis 6. It's a, it's a weird kind of story. I've never preached on it before, but that's just one aspect. All right, I'm going to close it down right there. Um, we've got a number of things. So why are we out here today? To praise God. Why else? What's the purpose of our... Nobody knows. The coat drive. We are here. We're, we're, we're looking to raise funds to get coats, to get stuff for people who are needy, who do not have resources that we have. So we've got a number of things going on. The, there's going to be, hopefully there's going to be a car show later. I think there are some raffles. There's an auction in the foyer. You need to go in the foyer there. There's a bake sale. The bake sale is a youth fundraiser. But be generous with your money. Oh, Pastor Mike, it's not right to gamble. The Bible actually doesn't say that, but I'm not going to get into that right now. But we are raising money for a good purpose and that's what we're doing here i want to give thanks to these guys over here the six goals for being a part of all of this thank you guys helping set up and uh and they've been out and around and and collecting for the coat drive too where's john has he gone that way do you have to do you have any information that i need to give john or a christy All the vendors are inside. inside Everything. All right, and the food. And we had sorry, kids. We had to take down the bounce houses. I was looking forward to seeing how many kids we could get on the roof. <laughs> Not everybody shared my enthusiasm. <laughs> All right. Well, let's pray, and we'll get. Uh, and there's good food. Thanks to the hungry souls. Let's give them a hand too. And it is blowing in the right direction here. So uh, we'll pray, and then you can go on inside and take a look at all the um, auction items and everything that's going on. Please stand. Oh, offering. Thank you. We're going to take it. Please sit. <laughs> Two ways, three ways you can give your offering. Uh, we've got some guys going to come around with guys and girls. Going to go up and down. The easiest way for you to give is to go online to lakewayonline.org. Click up in the corner, give. If you've got prayer requests, you can go online and put the prayer request online too. That is the easiest way for you to give. So let's pray and we'll take up our offering. Heavenly Father, we just give you thanks for your holy presence with us. Father, I thank you. It's just strange to just think that there are angels all around right now, caring for us, protecting us, watching us, directing us, looking after us. Thank you, Father, that you are that concerned for us, that you would send angels to care for us. Father, as we come now to give our offering, I pray that we would give generously, that we would give freely and sacrificially. And, Father, we pray that we're able to raise money to help people today, and you will send to us everybody that needs to be helped. You will provide. Thank you for your provision. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen.
believe we're done. Thank you all for coming. You are dismissed.